And on that note, we're actually going to get started with the next episode of the Truth and Transparency podcast with your host, Brother X, and 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 uh um. Hey, Brother X, where's the culture scientist? Uh, I I, I don't know. Uh, I lost her. You, you lost her. Yeah, yeah, I lost her. I, I can't find her. Culture scientist. Where are you? Don't worry. I, I'm I'm a, I'm put some of her favorite snacks out and I'm gonna find it later. All right, but no serious, man. With the Truth and Transparency podcast, it is a podcast where we talk openly and honestly about different things from recent events to uh, the meaning of life to where the culture scientist is. And then this episode, we actually it's going to be a skeleton crew this time. Um, got a couple of friends to help me out with this episode, so I'm not flying by myself. So I have first uh, my brother. It's your favorite fed, favorite fed, Mr. Smith back, a.k.a. my name, Jeff. Every time he does this. All right, and my sister. It is your favorite short thickums, Queen C, in the building. Whoa. Um, is, oh. that, is that new? I'm sorry. What, what was that? That, that, that? that was a new one. Um, I'm not sure what that was. Still got the random I got to make noise because my sister's out, not I here. I got, I got to make noise. Okay. Sure. All right. So we're going to actually get started with today's episode. We got some really fun stuff as well as some uh, stuff we got to get off our chest. Um, so because it's a skeleton crew and I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance, we're going to put a pause on Super Fight for a week. So if you want to hear some of our other superhero fights, um, listen back to our other episodes. Um, definitely check them out. And um, Super Fight, um, as much pub as we give you, you, you you're going to sponsor us eventually. I mean, we can go to other games. I mean, I'm not going to say no names, but um, <clears throat> Black Card Revolt. Go to Monopoly. Uh, get the Milton Brad- Bradley money. Hey, I'm just saying, man, um, we, we we doing numbers out here. But all seriousness, man, we're going to put a pause on the superhero fight for next week. Um, but we're actually going to move into the first segment, which is going to be, I just think it's funny. So in this one, since we don't have super fight, we actually got a few things that we need to get off our chest. Um, but first, uh, it's been brought to my attention that a certain person had a certain beverage that they wanted with their Grubhub order and they didn't get it because of some reason. Um, Queen C, can you explain what happened? All right. So, Mama Do from Grubhub, you better count your days. Oh. Because, so I had a rough day today. Now, I don't know how many people notice, but the podcast is normally recorded on Wednesdays and then it's uploaded on Fridays. It is Wednesday and I've already had a hell of a week. My job is annoying. Them customers is out of pocket. My manager is annoying. I don't care, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a say it all. Then my heat went out. Y'all know it's still winter, it's still cold. We gonna, we gonna talk about Texas later. But I had to get a repairman to come in, take off early from work, get my heat fixed. So I said, well, let me treat myself. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna order me a chicken Philly through a, uh, one of my favorite restaurants off Grub Pub mm-hmm. with an orange soda. Sounds fine. What happened? I mean, I get the text. Hey, your order is on your doorstep. I go outside, I see food. I I don't see a drink. Mm-hmm. I got the receipt. Mm-hmm. The receipt clearly says I ordered an orange soda. Don't worry, we're gonna put it in the in the show notes so you can see it. Yeah. So um, 
I don't know how, but we're going to put it in there. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I think old boy ran off of my orange soda. I'm upset. Was his name, did he have a surname of Kel? Because you know Kel love orange soda. Is it Queen C love orange soda too. And um, it is true. And my wow. mom ran off of my orange soda. So he ran off on the plug for the soda. He twice? ran off on sun on sun kiss twice. Ah, but um, that's, that honestly that's crazy. Um, but um, Grubhub, you know, while you trying to get Queen C right, um, you know you can sponsor us, right, man? Because we need donations. All so donations. Grubhub, I am sliding the debt you owe me to Brother X, and the way you hey, can write hey, this man. wrong is to sponsor hey, this hey. podcast. Hey, I mean, if you give me free deliveries, I might consider it clear. But um, but no, in all seriousness, man, I need, I need, I need that money. Um, these loans is kicking my ass. But um, yeah. So that was one thing that we thought was funny. Oh, trust me, we got plenty of this time. We got a lot of stuff to get off our chest. So um, I'm actually going to kick it over to Mr. Smith to talk about another one thing we think is funny, which it has to do with um a couple of states that uh can't get right. Um, Mr. Smith, you want to talk about that? Which camera am I going to? Camera two? Camera two? Camera two? Look at me. Camera two, yes. Governor Hatch right. and Governor Reeves. Mm-hmm. The fuck is wrong with you? Let's let's just start there. What, I, what, I mean, what I mean, what happened? What happened, Marcus? So we mad? Oh, we big mad. Oh. So we in this. We've been in this, you know, Panda Express for about a year. You know this. Uh, this, this has been some trying times. People have been out of work and you know, had to stay at home because, you know, deadly airborne disease out there. And states have been making mass mandates to, you know, try to curb the situation and get us back to where we need to be. About, I want to say yesterday, the, tech, the governor of Texas said, you know what? Fuck the mass mandates. We're going to lift everything. And everything's going to be back to 100% as if we're still not in a panoramic. Like we're not in a panini. And so he said, all right, we're gonna do this probably within about a week or so. Governor Reeves said, oh, that's your little joker? Let me throw my big joker. Hey guys, we're gonna relax all the mask mandates and go back to 100% tomorrow. Guys, you guys have some of the best food that I know in Texas. The mm-hmm. turkey leg hut. Mm-hmm. If you want to sponsor us, mm-hmm. water burger, mm-hmm. two cheese tacos, mm-hmm. Azu, shout out to that that you know fried gator. That fried like gator, the kid. Excuse me, sorry, mama. I can't talk to you. I'm on the podcast. But hey, I mama X, I can't have that right now because you guys don't know how to act. You guys are literally the epitome of the United States being a kindergarten to elementary school class. And it's five minutes to recess. And you're like, I can't wait. I'm doing all this good. The teacher says, all you gotta do is five more minutes of schoolwork and you're going to recess. And the one kid, that's mm-hmm. technical. The one kid is like, you know what? Fuck you, teacher. I'm gonna kick my shoes off into the trash can because I want to. Did, did, was it both shoes or was it one shoe? It was one shoe at first. Mm-hmm. And then it ricocheted off the wall, and he was like, ooh, that's cool. And then he kicked the other shoe off. Oh, so, but were they Crocs, though? Because, I mean, Crocs, they're they very comfortable. I got some on right now. Oh, no. They was Adidas. Ah, were they shell toes? 
Nah, can't kick them off. You got oh, the generic keep them. ones. The generic no. ones. No, can't do that. Mm-mm. Were they black Air Force ones? No, no, that's choosing. Uh, that's where the kids that be fighting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to take a nap. I say all that to say you see other countries mm-hmm. that have literally listened to their leadership, right? And literally had a freaking barbecue with no mask because they have been cleared of all COVID cases. That is what we could be. That is what we should be. I would like to be able to go out in the summer and go to brunch and, you know, have bottomless mimosas with no mask or, you know, with social distance. But I can't because motherfuckers don't know how to act. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about Atlanta and that pool party in the club. That's a whole nother conversation for another day. Ooh. But Atlanta, you know, uh, Georgia, you're not out the water. How about to say, Y'all, y'all been wide open. Y'all, y'all been fast and loose. Georgia and Florida, you next on deck. I'm, 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 you gonna catch these hands too. But overall, it's a fucking Panda Express panoramic pandemic, whatever you want to call it. All we have to do is literally just do this for a little bit longer. Let these vaccines get in. The vaccines are being rolled out. Just let it hit. Let it take its course. Let it matriculate so that we all could have that summer. That we all could be outside. As Mega said, we outside. I want to do that, and I can't do that if you motherfuckers gonna relax the mask mandates. So fuck you, Abbott. Fuck you, Reeves. And y'all racist as hell. Mic drop. I about to say, and you, you, the crazy thing was, as I was doing some research on the subject, uh, apparently they 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 talking about um yeah people the the people of such uh, Texas and Mississippi should be are responsible enough to uh, make sure that they will even though it's not mandated that they're wearing masks and social distance like they're supposed to. I'm sorry, we're talking about Texas. We're talking about Texas, Texas. The Texas that just got out of a snowstorm. That just fought Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat. Shout out to that movie coming out soon. Mind you, I want to I want, I want see it. And I can't the see the same Texas that just lost to Elsa. I'm, oh, yep, yeah, Elsa too, man. They beefing, man. And, and one yeah, last thing. I'm sorry, we're talking about Mississippi as well. Mississippi? Krugelet, Krugelet, I... Humpback, humpback, ah, yes, Mississippi. The same Mississippi that still had legal segregation through the late 90s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got um, one high school in every city. Mm. And I just want to have one more thing. Governors, you're not slick. Anybody with half a brain knows you're opening up because, especially Texas, I'm specifically saying for Texas, we all know you're opening up because you horribly horribly handled that ice storm. And because of the fact that you lost a lot of press and a lot of money, you're gonna open up to get the tourism going in. But I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen when you do that. People that are dumb tired of being stuck at home are gonna go to Texas to get a getaway. Contract COVID, bring it back to their state. Oh, look at that. We have another breakout. And it's going up again. <laughs> and the next thing you're gonna see is the three fingers from, uh, from the Hunger Games, and it's it's it's. Yeah. Uh, uh, we we go edit in the whistle because we struggling. But that's the side point. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that's that's very real, man. And so people, just be careful. Again, I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life. I'm gonna encourage you to be safe and careful. But um, Lord knows, hey. uh, um, it's about just to be a year in about a couple are... weeks. So we are still in the midst of a Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. 
Just remember this. That's that. That's a good one. I I I didn't see that one coming. All right. So moving on, because again, this is probably going to be one of our longer segments. Another thing that I wanted to um, say that I just think is funny is that PWIs and their coaches and other people haven't really caught on. It's 2021, and they be telling on themselves. And if you want to know what I'm telling on themselves about, let me show my guest. Let's see, where are we at? So almost start since we're already on the subject. Um, our friends in Texas. Yeah, University of Texas. So for those who don't know, um, there were some emails that were shared from some wealthy alumni that support the eyes of Texas, and they were threatening to pull donations because the black players for the Texas football team didn't want to stand out for that song. To educate those who don't know, the Eyes of Texas is a song that they play at the end of games, kind of like their, their March song or the Battle Cry. And it has very much racist and bigotry laced history behind it. So the problem is when you are sending these emails, anything electronic, you have to know it belongs to the internet forever. So you're saying that you're going to put money because these black players need to, to support Texas. If they don't like it, they can find another university. And I'll put the link to the article in the show notes. But basically, it got out and it makes Texas look bad. Now, mind you, this is the same Texas that is going to be wide open. They ain't already got cool. They just showing their ass again because when you literally have players who are representing your university and bringing you millions on top of millions, like Texas, the University of Texas at Austin has its own sports network channel. Like we talking like Yankees is one of the only other ones that has their own sporting channel. That's how much money they have and how much money they pull. And you're going to threaten that because your sensibilities about a song that, oh, this is tradition. You sounding real Confederate right now. I mean, well, they are. You're sounding real Confederate right now. So I, I'm, I need you to get that together. So that's one school. So I'm like, okay, University of Texas, South. Okay, I, 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 not surprising, but still a little bit annoying. And I think it's funny that they thought they were going to get away with it and nobody's going to find out in 2021. You also have, um, I don't know if you're familiar, Marcus, you might know as a basketball fan, the University of Creighton. University of Creighton has to apologize by telling his team for telling his team during a game to stay on plantation. Yes, he's white. Yes, they were black players. Huh. And here's the apology. In an apology posted on Twitter, McDermott wrote on February 27th, after a most tough loss on the roads, I addressed our student athletes and the staff in the post-game locker room and use a terribly inappropriate analogy in making a point about staying together as a team despite the loss. Um, I, I, I'm not a wordsmith, but um, there's quite a few other ways to say that except for a plantation with all the connotations. Like, it, it's low-hanging fruit. Um, Queen C, what you think? Honestly, I'm drawn back to the teacher from Baltimore a few years ago where she told her Black students that you know, if they don't listen to her, they're basically going to get shot up in the hood or something along those lines. Mm. You, 
here's the thing. And I'm not even talking about race at this point right now. I'm talking about the education system in general. When you are a coach, a teacher, a principal, an administrator, school board, whatever, you are placed in a position of power and authority. You're placed in a position of leadership and therefore you need to set an example for how those that should be following your authority need to act. If you are acting up, if you're not saying the right things, doing the right things, and yes, we're human, we make mistakes, but consciously, something like this should automatically set off an alarm in anybody's mind who has an ounce of common sense. Mm-hmm. That's real. Like, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Brother X, you as an educator, that, that's like you telling your students, you know, hey, if you don't want to follow my rules or, you know, if you don't want to do what I'm telling you to do, you can go jump off a cliff. How many angry emails you gonna get from parents? I, I'm in the office right now. It's, it is now- You're not even in the office. Outside. You are outside and they have boxed your stuff up and set it outside. No, I don't even get a box. I get some shoelace and tie a little bag around my shoulder. So for, for the one thing, just in the world of academia, that's automatically unacceptable. And it's higher education. You definitely know better. You would hope so. Secondly, go go ahead. It's just gonna. Secondly, we are living in a racially charged society. We have always, for the past four hundred years, have been in a racially charged society, where people who are in positions of power and privilege, i.e., those who are white, those who are male, don't necessarily think before they speak and they have the privilege to do so, then they can do one of these half-ass apologies later on. Oh, it was a bad analogy. No motherfucker, it was racist. And you are racist because why would I not call you what you are? What person who is not racist has these thoughts and is going to actually vocalize these thoughts? Even more so, to a group of still very impressionable young black male adults. Mm -hmm. They're still developing. I don't care that they're legally adults. Their minds are still developing. And you've just set them back another pace. Mm -hmm. And and I'll let Mr. Smith chime in a second, but the thing is, it would be different. This is just what I found within the last two days. Granted, I can literally give you stuff from the University of Iowa, I can give you from the University of Rutgers. I can give you universe, you name it. PWIs be telling on themselves, and we people may not be ready for the conversation on HBCUs versus PWIs, but um, I'm just gonna leave it at that. You can infer what you want. Mrs. Smith, you got any thoughts? I wish I could say I'm shocked, mm-hmm. but I'm not. This has been something that has gone on as far back as, as Queen C said, years, hundreds of years. Now, these days they've become more bolden to say it outright, because as you know, for those, for those of us, I'm pretty sure for those of us that listen, y'all know what black Twitter is. We ain't got to describe it. Black Twitter, when Joe Biden won the presidency, 
said, and it was a joke, but it was still funny because we all understood what it meant. Yay, we can go back to diet racism now. And even though it was a joke, it was technically the truth because if you've noticed during the last four years that Trump was in office, white people felt like, oh, I could say this shit. And if I say it, I'm not gonna get in trouble. But if I get in trouble, I'm just gonna, as Queen T said, say a half-ass apology and everything will be okay. You can count up the countless times of police brutality where, oh, I didn't know it was gonna happen like this. I'm so sorry, I fear for my life. How do you fear for this life when this motherfucker running away from you? With no gun Unarmed. and nothing. He's running away from you because he's scared. I, I'd be scared too if there's something that could take my life, but we're not gonna go down that road. But well, that's another day, that's a topic for another day. But when it comes to these schools, Queen C said a point where she said these young men, although they are adults, are still impressionable. And they come to your school, granted you give them a scholarship, you don't give them much more than that. Again, another conversation for another day. But right. you come to this school with the opportunity to pay off your education and do something athletic for the university and put your name into them, but maybe you could go to the NBA or the NFL or whatever. But for you to try to round up the troops and bring up the statements, as Queen C said, there's another way to say it. There's plenty of ways to say it. I could have easily said, hey guys, you know, we got our ass kicked, you know, and some of us are, 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 are you know, frustrated and we, we, we need to go back to the film room. Let's look at our sets and let's, let's be a family. Let's be a team. We're gonna get through this storm. That's what the NBA does. That's when the NFL does. Like, let this sort of happen in the NBA. Oh, oh, I promise you, that coach head is rolling tonight. Yes. Let him say, let that coach say that to LeBron James. LeBron <laughs> James was about to kick him into next week. He wouldn't have got the word plantation out his mouth. Yeah. It would have been plant. I'm not taking LeBron James' punch to the face. That's like Mike Tyson. I'm good, fam. But unless you're that bored where he broke his hand, but we're not talking about that. I still, I'm still not going to take it. Faces are softer. <laughs> but in, just to summarize it, people, it is a new age. We're not stupid. We're not going to look at this and say, oh, well, he didn't mean, call it out what it is. This is a Truth and Transparency podcast. We're going to be truth and transparent. You, sir, are racist. I don't care what you say. If you weren't racist, the words wouldn't have came out your mouth. And yes, as Queen C said, we make mistakes. We're all human. I make plenty of them. We all do. But we all know there's certain things that you just don't say. And you know exactly how to say it in front of other people, i.e. Black people, like I said in the previous episode, we got five seconds to figure out how we're going to address microaggression. Or if we have to, code switch so that the fragility is, is taken care of in a way that doesn't scare them. Instead of being like, now I'm going to take care of this. Now you're scared. I could be like, yeah, no problem. I'll go ahead and get it up. Now, all of a sudden, you feel calm. Oh, he's going to take care of this. I can do that in five seconds, but you can't do that for a team. And you are a person of power. Not unexcusable. Get out. That's real. That's very real, man. So, I mean, that's just something. And we'll go ahead and tie this last thing. I think it's funny because we've been on this section for quite a bit. And I just want to let you guys know, um, this has been on my spirit. I, I went before the church board to express my concern. Um, Hallelujah. Huh, this tired ass, unnecessary, y'all won't leave it alone. 
we live rent free in your mind. People, let this argument back argument about what school Hillman was based on oh, go. I promise the you. The argument man, was already put to rest by Jasmine Guy. Hey, you say that, but apparently this issue lives rent free in some people's minds. I'm not even gonna say whether or not it's based on one school or another. Honestly, I don't care. Is the show good? Is the show phenomenal? Did it do a lot for the culture? Great. Like, yes, we love, and this is a whole nother thing. We love bragging rights as HBCUs. It's great. I appreciate the camaraderie. I compete, appreciate the competitiveness. But sometimes, like, dog, nigga, let it go. Like, you're not even beating the dead horse anymore. You're, like, stomping on the grave. Like, let it go. Like, nigga, you are that pressed about your HBCU having some type of limelight that you had to bring this up. And mind you, don't think I'm trying to defend my alma mater Hampton or I'm trying to go against Howard or any other school. Because mind you, there's a bunch of corporates that have been having this argument. You take what you want to take from it and keep it going. Because it is a fictional show. Mm -hmm. This shit ain't real. It's like you getting a fight over intramural basketball like this is the NBA Finals. For that, Debbie Allen already said the school does not exist. She took pieces from every different HBCU that was prominent. Morehouse, Spellman, Howard, Hampton. She already said that. It is in an interview. It is documented. It is in an article. Let it go and let it be for what it is. It was a good show that produced great content to inspire you to want to do more at a time where it wasn't visibly accessible as it is now. And let it be what it is, a great medium. Not, oh, we Hillman, oh, we Hillman. Who cares? Are, is your school doing good right now? Is your school, are you giving back to your alma mater? Are you giving, you know, so that the endowment fund doesn't close you down? If it's not that, I don't want to hear it. You want to have this Hillman talk? Get back to your alma mater, then you get back to me. I'm about to say, like, we got bigger fish to fry about keeping our HBC open and you arguing about what a fictional show is based on. Have you donated to your alma mater today? I had a joke for that, but I'm going to just let that one slide. I did too. <laughs> I'm going to let it slide. We, 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 I, we have a serious moment now. I mean, this might even be I had a flashback to a probate. <laughs> I'm let it slide. I, 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 don't, don't make me get the I, I out. Mm-mm, I, I. So that was just a lot of stuff that we thought was funny. It's, it's been it's been an interesting week, and it's only been um it's only been about three four days. So we're actually going to move on into our next segment, which is share truth with the class. And share truth with the class for those who don't know is a segment where we, we talk about some real life stuff or a true story that either happened to us in the present or in the past, or something that we found interesting that we think that our guests or my co-host will find interesting. So this first one, I actually added to the docket a little bit late. So um, everybody's heard of a beat before. Like, Quincy, what's one of the beats you know before, like in in so in, in these streets? I mean, I, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Sorry, oh, I've been drinking. Easy, easy for me. I'm sorry. First thing off with. Professionals, you ain't got no, you, you're supposed to be helpful. You know what? I'm gonna put you on. I have been drinking. Oh, you you, you going on mute? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Mr. Smith, have you heard what beef have myself. you heard of? First beef that comes to mind, Ja Rule and 50 Cent. Or yeah. 50 Cent and Fat Joe. Or, or 50 Cent and anybody. Yeah, yeah. Whoever oh, now you got one now, Quincy, huh? You know what? I see why the culture scientists ain't here. I, I, I. <laughs> I don't like what you're saying right now. Don't do that. We don't speak on people that aren't present. <laughs> but <laughs> I say all that to say that um, there's this particular beef that I was listening to uh, a podcast and they brought up and I was like, how, how do these two circles meet? Like, what are the seven degrees of separation? So um, for those who are wrestling fans, um, you've probably heard of the RKO. So the creator, Randy Orton, one of the wrestlers who came up a little bit after the Attitude Era of WWE, um, very famous. He's probably one in the Hall of Fame for them. Um, so he basically, he got beef with um, Soulja Boy Telling. And apparently, and I'll link the article in the show notes, apparently it's over Soulja Boy calling um, wrestling fake. And... For us, we know what he meant. Like, yeah, it's scripted. But for wrestlers and for Randy Orton, they took it personal because I guess maybe they have the connotation or they hear it enough that it was like, oh, you think everything about wrestling is fake. Yes, some stuff is scripted, but this nigga breaking his collarbone, this nigga can't walk straight, and this nigga tearing his pectoral muscle right off the bone is very real. So in my mind, I'm like, you having a Twitter beef over all this. Soldier boy, I know you may have some you may have history and I know you may have some gun charges in the past, but um you, you talking mighty tough for a dude who had a failed gaming console. <laughs> you talking mighty tough for somebody who who built like paper mache. I promise you if you went up to Randy Orton, he might fold you. That RKO might be your death. Ain't no might. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, don't man. have Soldier Boy out there like Drake. Randy. Randy. <laughs> this... But um, but yeah, man. So it was very it was very interesting to see all this, man. So if you go ahead. This doesn't make any sense. Everybody knows, well, everyone that is that is open to it knows that wrestling is scripted and fake. Not saying that they do not get injured. Because they do. They're performing stunts that most people would not do. I'm not doing a backflip off a turnbuckle and making sure I land perfectly. Sometimes you might overshoot and shit happens. But this is not news. You can see them fake punching into their hand as they're trying to hit them. The only person that I can say without a shadow of doubt was like, real? Was mankind. That's because that motherfucker fell off a damn cell into a table, got on a stretcher, and then hopped off and said, no, nah, I'm going to still go. And even Undertaker was like, oh, this nigga crazy. <laughs> he built it. So I mean, they even that. had like TV shows where it was like, you know, want to be pro wrestlers. And they teach you they're pro wrestlers to me are glorified stuntmen. I mean, it's entertaining, but just like with stuntmen in action movies, they teach you how to take the hits. They teach you how to take the falls. Now, whether you execute all the time or not, like Mr. Smith said, that's one thing, but you are trained for this job. Mm -hmm. So it is scripted. 
It is very much rehearsed. I can see where Soldier Boy is coming from. Would I necessarily call it fake? No, it's definitely a real industry. It's definitely a real sport. There are people who wrestle who aren't professionals and they actually wrestle. But for me and the WWE, it's just that. It is entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in the name. Also, somehow Bow Wow was linked into this whole thing. I remember that. Yeah, he um, Bow Wow is getting trained by your boy Rikishi for wrestling. Oh, wait, no. Wait, time out, pause. Bow Wow don't have enough cheeks to do the Rikishi. Bow Wow don't have enough cheeks for the Rikishi. I'm sorry. <laughs> he ain't even got the body. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the, the special move ain't going to work the same. It's not. Like, we're it, talking about Bow Wow, the 5'2 the Messiah. My man doing arm wrestling with Tory Lanez. That nigga make Tory Lanez look like, look like a fucking center. Just no. <laughs> I'll say, the both of them can run two and two in a midget uh, basketball league. For my um, game show and uh, reality TV watching people, we talking about Frog from The Masked Singer. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I quit. Well, yeah, so is that, um, according to the article, apparently the artist, I don't know who this person is, um, Bad Bunny's been on the WWE. But um, WWE got other issues right now. They, they ratings ain't been what it used to be. But, um, yeah. So, uh, you know what? The, oh, I just remembered. You know what this really reminds me of? And and this is how you know you're really a 90s, a 90s kid. Do y'all remember a Celebrity Deathmatch? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I used you, to love that. This would have been a perfect fight on this show. Like, I need to see this happen because and that show somehow they would have had Soldier Boy Bow Wow win. Somehow. Oh, I know exactly so how they're going to win. He wouldn't have recruited in yet. He yeah. would have used that man. Um, exactly. Too. That's what I'm saying. His punishment would have been the you. <laughs> and it caused him to explode. Yes. But um, yeah, that was just something that I thought was very interesting. I wanted to share with the class. So another thing on the docket that, well, nothing that's not on the docket. Um, I did want to share with the class was after I was getting, I was going to the dentist today. Um, regular cleaning, got to keep the pearly whites clean and all that other good stuff. So um. I'm riding around in traffic. There's an accident. Like everything's backed up, so people tailgating. People don't know how to drive when there's traffic and there's an accident. Um, some white people, just to be very general, um, don't think you can just act on any type of way and not get any repercussions or get the verbal beats by Dre. Because this young black lady, woman, queen, um, had had enough. Because literally. They, the, this, rep, this black rep for was literally tailgating them for quite some time, for maybe a good five minutes. I kid you not, I'm changing songs because I'm stuck in traffic. I look up, this black queen opens the door, the driver's side door, and proceeds to give this person the verbal hands for a good like 30 seconds. And I, and I know it was the verbal hands because she says, you better, she had the hand up, it's like, you better back the bleep up. I'm trying to work on cussing. My mama don't need to hear me say that other four-letter word. For those who know, you know. But yeah, so that happened. Um, and lastly, on a whole nother note, um, Brother X, if you listen to some of my previous episodes or one of the bonus episodes, I'll let you know that I did have COVID. And um, 
did the steps that I need to to stay safe, got quarantined, became healthy again. And I took one of the, another step today. I don't say this for cloud. I don't say this for clicks or anything. That's up. It, it's, it's not worth it. But I have taken another step to help maintain my health by getting the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. So, oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. I might add in clapping noises. I probably won't, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was able to get the first dose of the vaccine and I go about, I go back in three weeks. So thankfully for me, I haven't experienced any real symptoms outside of a sore arm. Maybe it has to do with me having it before, maybe because I have a different immune system. But all I will say on the matter, and Mr. Smith and Queen C can chime in if they like, is that just continue to do your research, do what's gonna be best for you and for your loved ones, do your own research. And I'm not talking about looking up on YouTube for someone who gives you an opinion that just agrees with yours. Try to find scholarly journals and other information that provides you a clearer perspective on things. And if after all that you don't feel comfortable, that is perfectly okay. I'm not gonna tell someone that you must do this. Now, if you understand that certain places require it, that's, part, that's on them. That's something that you don't have control over. You have control of what goes into your body. Hopefully. So, um, Queen C, you want to go? Yeah. Um, first off, very, very happy for you that you, you got the first dose. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. We, we need our brother healthy. Um, but when they first started producing the vaccine or talking about producing the vaccines before they were even approved, um, a lot of people... And it's just like black people to pull from the history that we know or that we think we know. A lot of people online were talking about the Tuskegee experiment. And I, I just I just want to piggyback off what you said about doing research. Please do your research into the Tuskegee experiment. Those men were not injected with syphilis. Those men were denied the cure for it. It was an experiment to see the side effects of syphilis. It was only supposed to be six months. It lasted 30 years. Only a few of the men who they already knew had syphilis actually were treated with penicillin, which was already shown in other studies to be an effective cure. And that's when the experiment spiraled. So if you're gonna you know, give reasoning for not give, getting the vaccine, I understand it's, it's a personal decision, but just make sure you have your facts straight. Do your research. Once you do your research, double back and do more research. Get all the information possible. And don't just go to like the underground internet or like Fox News because like Brother X said, they agree with you. Go to some of these scholarly sources, go to the CDC's website, go to, I'll even take WebMD, something that is a cited scholarly source versus just someone else's opinion so that you can make an informed opinion. That's real. Uh, Mr. Smith? I don't really have much to say following that, Queen C. 
love my sister, said it perfectly best. Everyone, especially in the last couple of years, have found their information from whatever news source that agrees with their thinking. If you're far right, we all know you watch Fox News. If you're far left, you watch MSNBC. If you're like in the middle, you watch CNN. And if you don't really give a shit, then you watch- You watch um, World Star. <laughs> World Star. I heard that I name. Go there. That, there's so many jokes that be said there, we just gonna keep moving. It's a good, good moment, don't, don't mess it up. Um, but like she said, do your own research, not a YouTube video of what someone's opinion is or a new a, 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 a article or newscast of what someone, do a research based on what studies you can find. We live in an age, and I tell everybody this as someone who is an IT person, a lot of stuff can be found with just the right research, with just the right, you know, traversing of the internet. You can find anything that you need to know and you can make a sound decision. It is not as it was years ago where the internet wasn't there and we had to go off of he said, she said, based on what state, based on who said where. You have plenty of opportunities to Google. Google is your friend. It can also be an asshole, but for the most part, it's your friend. And so when you're talking about this, yes, you have every right to make your own decision of whether you're going to take it or not. And I'm not going to fault you for it because it, at the end of the day, you are your own person and it is your decision. But before you make that decision, make sure you understand everything that is going on within this pandemic and that vaccine. And then once you do that, make an informed decision based on your beliefs, the facts that you found and your own thoughts, not encouraged by other people and then from there when you whatever you stand on we can respect more because it's factual as opposed to an opinion but his opinions are like assholes everybody got one exactly and and, and some of them stink but above all else that's because they don't wipe their ass <laughs> y'all <laughs> i'm trying to be sentimental in y'all assholes but above all else please we joke about everything calling it panda express but Seriously, everyone just be safe, be well, be healthy, you know, social distance, wear your mask. I don't care what these old ass politicians are saying. Please just be safe so that when this is all said and done, we can have one of the biggest swag surfs ever in the history of the world. Okay? We, Coming we, from we're Asian praying for homecoming season. You, you said what? We're praying for homecoming season, man. Man, that, that's I, I swag surf gonna be one for the books. <laughs> Can't, can't homecoming and not homegoing. Amen. Amen. Where the collection plate? Somebody hey, passed the collection Don't worry. Plate. Hey, don't worry. It's the donation button on, on the website for this podcast. That's that's collection plate. They give me y'all gems. Um, um, y'all not start getting us some dollars for them gems. But um, these diamonds cost. You right. You right. But um, we're actually going to take a quick break before we change lanes to our main topic of today's episode. Um. This week's Black Business Highlight is um, something very near and dear to my heart. Um, it's one of my fellow Hamptonians. You know, I love shouting out the home team. Um, this week is for all my financial heads or those who need financial counseling or need education on different things in regards to finances. Um, this Black Business Highlight, this dude, 
he don't need my my, my spotlight, but I want to spotlight him because I appreciate that work that he does for the Black community. Um, this spotlight is on the Building Bread um, Company. The Building Bread Company is actually based on one of our Hampton alumni by the name of Kevin Els Matthews II. He is rated as one of the top 100 advisors on Investopedia. And as a person who does it, teaches about investing and other financial things, he has plenty of podcasts. He has, he's been interviewed on different um, national web, uh, shows and television and all that stuff. Like, my man is a big deal. So if you really want to get yourself educated, I want you to listen up to this. So he says, as an advisor, I managed millions of dollars for my clients and was recognized for my work. As an instructor, my goal is to help you learn the same strategies that I use to help my clients maximize their returns. And his ultimate goal is to help build your wealth that can be passed on from one generation to the next, because we all know important generational wealth is what helps you succeed a lot of times. So that is uh, building bread. Um, uh, all the information is website. And I believe he's on social media. So I'll post those in the show notes, but um, Mrs. Smith, Queen C can vouch for this brother. We all went to school with him at some point. My man's phenomenal. He's very much educated. I don't know about some of his sports team takes, but we're not talking about that. Hey, um, I like his taste in sports teams. Thank you. I, I, we, 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 this is a not, this is a patriot hating podcast right here. We don't like. I them. don't care. I, 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 this th that patriot fan is gonna teach y'all how to build your bread. Get at him. Just don't ask him about sports. <laughs> but no, that is um building bread. So please check him out. Um, I'll have the website in the show notes as well as there any social media that I'm able to find for him. All right, so switching lanes to the fun part. Um, you know, we're in the month of March, so that means you have college basketball. One of the biggest things with college basketball is March Madness. So with March Madness, you have the brackets, you have bracketology, you have all these different competitions of all these basketball teams trying to see who's the best in the country. So what we're actually going to be doing here is, I, what, what's happening? I can't, I can't, I can't hear it. I, it's, it's, it's muted. See, see, this is why we can't have things. <laughs> but yes, this segment or the today's topic is going to be a little bit of March Madness where we're going to be doing a 90s black TV sitcom bracket March Madness challenge. So I have already shared with my guests on today's show but here is the bracket now mind you these these i want to say it's 18 tv shows have all been selected but have been randomly slotted for the um for the tournament now if your favorite is slide up against a juggernaut fight your mama but it is what it is i don't randomize it three four times i'm not doing it no more that's too much work so i'm going to give you a quick rundown of the tournament so right now, the 16 versus 17 matchup is the Hughleys versus the Waynes brothers. Then you have, in the 15-18 slot, you have Keenan and Kel versus Malcolm and Eddie. And the winner of the Hughley versus the Waynes brothers go up against Living Single. And the winner of the Keenan and Kel versus Malcolm and Eddie matchup goes against My Brother and Me. The other matchups are... Steve Harvey show versus Smart Guy. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus the famous Jet Jackson. 
Family Matters versus the Parenthood, Martin versus Sister Sister, A Different World versus the Jamie Foxx Show, and last but not least, Hanging with Mr. Cooper versus Moesha. As we go through this uh, tournament, I'll explain who's going to go up against who based on the bracket that we're looking at. Our guests can see it and they can kind of follow along. And as you're listening to it, you can actually follow along and write it out yourself. I'll try to find some way where I can put like a link to a Google Doc where you can see the picture of it, but um, we'll see how I'm feeling after the episode. So let's lay the ground rules because when you start talking about arguments about what are the best TV shows or whatever, you got to have the ground rules. It's like so Spain. we're looking at, I'm um, sorry, go ahead. It's like spades. You got to know what the house rules are for you sit down at the table. Oh, don't worry. We got, we, I'm about to say, we're going to have an episode about spades. I, I ain't told the culture scientists yet, but we're going to have an episode about spades because we're going to educate some folks. Man. We're going to dispel this number that uh, it's too late for you learning about how to play spades. It ain't never too late. Thank you. All right. So the ground rules for this tournament. The criteria that we're looking at is longevity, Impact, does it still hold up today? And I guess I want to say rewatchability. Am I missing anyone? I think I told you all those, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. So when you think about these shows, don't just think about what your favorite was. Think about the longevity of it, the rewatch value, does it still hold up? Um, the And, oh, and of course, the cultural impact. So let's get started. Um, do you guys have a favorite one you want to start with? Do you want to start with the Hugh Gleaves one or the Keenan Kell one? I think we could do the Hugh Gleaves. We, we can start, we can start top to bottom, make it make it like actual March Madness, do the playing games. All right. So um, well, we gotta keep it, we don't want to have too long. We'll probably go for maybe about, I'll give it about two minutes and then we'll make a decision, okay? All right. All right, so let me pull up my timer. Uh we'll give it three minutes, that's my safe side. All right. So we'll have opening arguments and at the end of three minutes, we'll decide on a winner. All right. So the Hughley versus the Wayne brothers, any initial thoughts? I guess I can go first. Um, for me, I feel like the Wayans brothers is going to edge out the Hughley's mainly because as you said, it's got to have longevity. It's got to be iconic and it's going to have rewatchability. Anything with John Witherspoon is rewatchable because those jokes hit. And granted, yes, the Wayans did have some real quirky com comedy where Marlon might go a little too far at times. This might, you might, it might be a little bit too goofy, mm -hmm. but it kind of get it kind of gives me a little bit more rewatchability. And I, I can remember more episodes from the Wayans than from the Hughleys. So for me, I'm going the Wayans brothers. Close game, but I'm going to Wayne's Brothers on this one. Ah. Queen C, any thoughts? I 100% agree with Mr. Smith. I mean, even now, a lot of these shows are being rerun in, in syndication. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I'm browsing channels on a Saturday afternoon where there's nothing on, and I come across the Hughleys and the Wayne's Brothers, and they're playing at the same time, I'm telling you right now, I'm tuning into the Wayne's Brothers. Again, John Witherspoon, rest his soul. Mm -hmm. Great comedian. Mm -hmm. I'm about to say, I, I, and, and I'm for the Wayne Brothers as well, but I'll explain why in a second. Continue. 
Uh, like, I, I'll give DL his props. He is a king of comedy. But in my opinion, he was the worst of the four. I'm sorry. You, you had Cedric the Entertainer. You had Steve Harvey. You had Bernie Mac. Ooh, I, I can't if I name any of those three from that King of Comedy special, you can automatically think of something memorable that they've said. DL, not so much. And I feel like that same energy went into the show as well, unfortunately. It was a great blueprint for other shows that follow. It had the potential. It just didn't deliver for me. That's very real. And you bring up a good point because if you really look at it, all four uh, Kings of Comedy shows, Kings of Comedy had their own television show. And I honestly, as we run down on time, I can't tell you a memorable episode of the Hughes. I can tell you moments from John Witherspoon from the Wayne's Brothers shows, like bang, bang, bang. I was getting ready to say, my love. I bang, bang. So you know what? Nothing. But yeah, so I think we can definitively say that um, the Wayne's Brothers takes that round. So, um, Mr. Smith, do you mind keeping track of the bracket for me? Sure. Can you or you can? Yeah, I can. Right. I got it. All right, so they move on to face Living Single. So we'll come back to them. Um, and then we'll move on to Keenan and Kel versus Malcolm and Eddie. This one, whoo, this, this one's going to be tough, but I'm going to start the timer. All right, here we go. Uh, I guess I'll start off. Okay. Hmm. I, hmm. Why you do Ooh. this? <laughs> why, why did I do this to myself? Why did you do this? Do you need me to Because, huh, the kid in me is screaming Keenan to kill. Mm -hmm. The adult in me with the clever sneak humor, hmm, Eddie was just too funny. Like, Eddie as the comedian versus Malcolm as a straight man, like that is phenomenal comedy writing. But on that same token, you have the Kel, you have Kel who's the idiot savant, who's just funny by physical comedy versus Keenan, who is a smart genius guy. I, I, I gotta go Keenan and Kel, man. It, it's hard, it's a lot harder than I thought it'd be, but I gotta go Keenan and Kel because the orange soda thing, that's probably the strongest thing out of both shows. Who loves orange soda? Kale. My mom does. Right. <laughs> Mama do. I'm still coming for that ass. And my son kiss. Um, I'm agree fully with you. Like you said, iconic rewatchability and things that you can pull out of your mind when you first think of it. Anytime anybody brings up Ken and Kill, the first thing you think of is who loves orange soda. And then you could think of multiple for also for me uh, at the end of the show when they're like, okay, well, we're going to have a good show. And then um, Keenan gets his idea and he says, oh, give me a box of molasses, a baseball bat and a diving board and meet me at Tahiti. Come on, Rangers. Like what? And just his sporadic stuff. You just had to sit there and go, what is he going to do with that stuff? But it just makes you chuckle. I can see more of those moments than I can see Malcolm and Eddie. Not taking away from Eddie Griffin because he's a great comedian, one of my favorites. Awesome. But in the spirit of iconicness, I agree. I got to go Keenan and Kel. I'm just going to go ahead and fall in line because 
piggybacking off Mr. Smith, especially the end of those episodes where Keenan would have that crazy idea and Kale would be the one saying what everybody else is thinking. Keenan, what do you need with a box of molasses? Why are we going to Tahiti? Ah, oh, here it goes. Like, uh, and then uh, the other, uh, I was gonna say the other thing for me, cause they, they are so evenly matched. There's just like, Kenan and Kale beats Malcolm and Eddie for me, but only by a little bit. And it's those certain little, little moments, the end of the show, the orange soda, the theme song. Let me tell you something, Nickelodeon shows back in the nineties had the best theme songs. You had actual artists, yep. Coolio oh. doing the intro, in the intro. Mm. He is in the introduction credits. You had TLC doing all that theme song. Like Nickelodeon knew their audience mm -hmm. and they catered to their audience very well. Very true. So. <laughs> Sounds unanimous. All I gotta say is I put the screw in the tuna. And for those who know, you know. So we're gonna go ahead and move uh Ken and Kel on to face my brother and me in the next round. So moving along on my <laughs> on my bracket. We have the Steve Harvey Show versus Smart Guy. Oh, it, this this bracket ain't for the week apart because as we keep going, it's gonna be banger versus banger. Mm. Oh, three Ooh, minutes Jesus. on the clock. Here we go. Uh, both of them hit different mindsets of of my childhood. Smart Guy was like me elementary slash middle school so I could relate kind of to him. He's, you know, smartest person, smartest little boy trying to fit in with everybody. And that blueprint had been going on for a while. So, but I like the, com the comment they put in, uh, the characters. It was a great show. The Steve Harvey show, when you put Steve Harvey and Cedric the Entertainer in the same show, that comedy blueprint is cannot be matched. Those jokes can still hit today. And that show was what, 20, 25 years ago? I'm about to say it was mid, I'm about to say it was like mid to mid to early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, mid to late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I was coming into middle school, getting ready to be high school around that time. Those jokes, boss lady, you know, with, with Man, and Steve, boy, had, Steve had the crispest hairline that of the night. Oh, that high top? The Beta Mama, I don't care who had what he had. He was the Jalen Rose before Jalen Rose. Okay? I, I, I hate to say this, Marcus, but uh, Marcus, you know that wasn't real, right? I know it wasn't, but it just don't matter. We're just going to go for this next. No, it, the hairline was real. He had a ball spot, so they, they did him like they did Michael Jackson. They put a patch right there. To cover the ball. Oh, spot. after Michael Jackson burned his hair on that, yeah. on that he, he had a patch, but the hairline was his. He he had a little bit of a Tory Lanez. <laughs> <laughs> to throw it back. Um, if I had to choose, I, I'm gonna have to go Steve Harvey show. Okay. Uh Queen C, we got about um, a minute left. Yeah, it's a tough one, and especially everything Mr. Smith said. I'm, I'm gonna keep agreeing with him until until I can't. Um but the other thing both of these shows did that was so smart is they took actors from other shows and movies that we already knew mm -hmm. and put them in there. 
So there was already a familiar factor from the very first episode. With Smart Guy, you had Jason Weaver. We knew Jason Weaver as little Michael Jackson in the American Dream. With shout out to Jason Weaver, he is highly underrated as a singer. Highly underrated. My man Simba. I talk about it. But yeah, real quick, just ties up. I'm gonna have to make you unanimous again. I know this is hard, but I'm gonna have to go with Steve Harvey show because Bullethead, Miss Piggy, um, Cedric and his um his wife, um, what was her name? Lavita. Lavita, Alize Jenkins. <laughs> she was probably low-key almost one of the funniest people in that show. Absolutely. We'll talk. Uh, most underrated, easily. And she's versatile as an actress. I got to give her her props. Oh, most definitely. She needs more. She needs more stuff, man. All right. This one, I'm just going to speed pass because I feel like we are all on the same page. Um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus the famous Jet Jackson. Not even close. Rest in peace to my boy, though. But yeah. it's got to be the Fresh Prince. I'm, I'm saying, we're just going to move on. Fresh Prince wins. Yep. Um, anybody that says otherwise, um, what are you on? Famous Jet Jackson is going to get the sympathy factor. Yeah, that's yeah, what's gonna play at that one. But um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Jeffrey alone knocks Fred, uh, oh, yeah. Jackson out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey came with the shade for days. Yes, very shady. All right, he um, would walk in the room, drop a dime, and literally just turn around and walk out like nothing happened. Basically, all right. Um, the next one we got Family Matters versus The Parenthood. Ooh. Mm. Really? I thought this was gonna be easy. It's it no, I loved Parenthood. Yeah, it's oh. easy to a degree for me because I'm biased. I'm gonna say it straight up. I'm biased. I mean, he was your Halloween costume one year. Exactly. I love the Parenthood. Don't get me wrong. I I watched a few episodes. It kind of lost me at times, but I understood what they were trying to do. But Family Matters. I related to Steve, minus the clumsiness. He was hella clumsy, but I know that was for the show. But I related to Steve more than anything. And seeing those, seeing like how they tied in every episode with a learned lesson about life as well as the comedy timing. I, I gotta go Family Matters in this one. Side note, Steve, you should have took Myra. Hey. Myra was finer than Laura. You should have took One. her. Like, we need to speak this truth. I, I mean, she, had you, she, she was ready for you when you was not, she didn't want you to be Stefan. She didn't want you to change. She wanted you to be your quirky ass self. And she loved you. And you turned her down for a long Multiple time. times. And it took he was doing time. to Myra what Laura was doing to him. It was a vicious cycle, man. Honestly, because correct me if I'm wrong, Parenthood had, um, my boy who played Meteor Man in that old superhero Robert movie. Townsend. Oh, that's my yes. dude. I, I love his dynamic with his wife in Parenthood. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, one thing that makes me this makes it so hard is the fact that we're talking about rewatchability and it holding up nowadays. The Parenthood, this might be a hot take, the Parenthood and this concept might hold up better than Family Matters because you remember those last few seasons. It got kind of, mm, it's it, it taped off in quality when it made it so, so focused on Steve Urkel where it's like, well, where's all the dynamics? What happened to the sister that went up the stairs and never came back? What happened to the aunt with the restaurant? If it wasn't Laura and Steve and that love dynamic, it wasn't happening on the show. So honestly, I might have to go Parenthood. 
Okay. All right, see, for you, the tiebreaker. Oh, why y'all do that to me? Oh. Because it's fun. No. So. 45 seconds to Definitely iconic, for sure. I mean, even to this day, if you've never seen an episode of Family Matters, you still know what it is because of Steve Urkel or Stefan Urkel, whoever he want to be that day. But for me, parenthood hit different. I was a child raised by a single mother. So for me, Black sitcom dads were kind of my dad. I couldn't see Carl Winslow, unfortunately, being my dad. He always defaulted to his wife anyway. Like, I mean, have you met Harriet? <laughs> I mean, Harriet gonna get the job done. But for me, Robert Townsend in that role of a loving black father, trying to navigate, you know, a marriage, children, children at different age levels at that. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Three, Why y'all do this to me? Two, one. Parenthood. All right. All right. Parenthood has it. We got our first, and I guess, and I know the comments is going to be like, oh my God. Our first upset. First off, they need to go back and watch the Parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. But that's on a, we need more black shows. UPN. Um, I need y'all to get on that. All right. Ain't no more UPN. It's not, it went from the Urban People's Network to Caucasian. <laughs> CW. Caucasian. <laughs> White. All right. Uh, moving on. Next one. This is another monster. This is probably one of the hardest ones so far. Martin versus Sister Sister. That ain't hard for Mm-mm. me. It's Martin. It's Martin. <laughs> <That's not> Martin. <laughs> Maybe, let, me, let me correct myself. If the culture scientist was here to defend the show, then it might be. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love Sister Sister. I love the concept. I love Jack Hay. Mm. I I love the show, the fashion. But if we're talking, if we're doing this based off the criteria of cultural impact, Martin has the cultural impact. This This man's title graphics the font that he used is still being used on clothing, on cards, on hats, like just straight up. If we're talking about rewatchability, you've seen every episode of Martin a thousand times and you will still watch it like you've never seen it before and laugh your ass off. If I see that new Jack City episode where he's trying to find who stole his radio. With the fake dog. Oh my God. Between that and Gina getting her head stuck in the headboard. No, I, 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 I'm I, have to agree with y'all. There's very, there's so many iconic things from Martin, whether it's him versus Pam being Tom and Jerry on site, whether it's when he got in that boxing match and he got his, got his face pummeled to when he told Gina to step and she left and he started crawling after her. Yeah, I, I, I got it. Gina killed his mama bird. You killed my mama bird. I about to say, brother man from the fifth floor. Both, both fingers, but he from the fifth floor. I came here to make some sandwiches. <laughs> I had a nightmare. I went to the refrigerator. Ain't no more food for a sandwich. But um, yeah, so we'll go with Martin. Um, we kind of moving through this pretty smooth like. All right. Um, almost through the first round. 
We got a different world versus the Jamie Foxx show. Mm. I'm going to switch it to two minutes because I want to make sure we're not going too long. No problem. All right. So for a different world versus Jamie Foxx, you're talking kind of two different dynamics. Mm -hmm. a different world had like, it was situational comedy, but it was more geared towards sending a message. Whereas Jamie Foxx was like strictly, how's he going to get out this mess? And when you bring up Iconic, the there's two episodes that come to mind that I can say to Different World that I can't say for Jamie Foxx. There's, there's moments in Jamie Foxx I can think of, but the first two things I think of is the monologue that, um, that they had when they dropped the N-word. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the episode, they sprayed the N-word on the dude's car. That, and when, when he came to the wedding, and was like, Whitley, will you have me for better, for worse, for worse? I would have knocked the shit out of him if he did that shit. But oh yeah, no, that 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 ain't realistic at all. He, yeah, he, the actor even said it wasn't even realistic. He hated the character. Yeah, but just that and the fact that the the impact that a different world had as part of the reason I went to an HBCU in the first place. I gotta go a different world. Yeah, man. Um, like I. I, I Dwayne had some of the best my loss because when he told Whitley about himself, there's like, you ever decide you're not going to talk to me for a week? Have you already knew what I, what I was about? I will drop you like a bad, <laughs> like a bad habit. And she hit him with it. I love it when you talk to me, big daddy. I'm like, <laughs> so. That's also not realistic to me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. So we're just going to go ahead. I shout out to Jamie Foxx because. Oh, yeah. Um, Francesca, she was fine. And she has, she was almost just as good as Pam with those clapbacks. She still looked good. Oh, absolutely. Oh, so fine. Like, like she on that that top ten list of if I ever get a chance. You know what? Cosines is gonna come in here and, yep. and hurt me, so I'm gonna keep. I guess say you gonna get your ass whooped. Remember, your mother listens to the podcast. Move on before you get hurt. I'm uh, um, ignore that part that I was just saying. Um, I, God ain't through with me yet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. One of the last few, so we're gonna do a quick pick. All right, hang with Mr. Cooper versus Moesha. Uh, Moesha. Moesha. Yeah. Shout out to hang with Mr. Cooper though. I, I appreciate I appreciate what he did, and um, shout out to the love interest in that one. She was fine too. Mm -hmm. So fine. There was a lot. Yo, the '90s female love interest, top tier. Black don't crack. But um, we're gonna move quickly. Um, Living Single versus the Wayne Brothers. Living, oh, living single. It, it, that's living single. I, I okay. Sorry, that's the blueprint for a lot of shows that came in the late '90s and the 2000s, like <laughs> Friends, 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 Friends. <laughs> Friends. Friends. <laughs> living single. They whole style. Basically, to the point where I can literally match up the characters from Living Single and Friends and tell you who's who. True. But no, Living Single was one of those like Martin where it promoted the HBCUs. Like literally, Khadijah mm -hmm. had on a different HBCU sweatshirt every episode. I remember seeing the FAMU one. I remember seeing the Hampton hoodie. I remember seeing the Howard sweatshirt. Yeah. And they had such unique characters where, yeah, you had your two goofballs, but then you had your snarky, smart aleck, bougie accountant <laughs> and his counterpart, the snarky, petty, ratchet lawyer yes you had a go-getter who had financed herself and followed her dreams and her goofy cousin and her bougie best friend 
And that holds up to this day, especially us now being around the ages, those characters were supposed to be in that show. It is so relatable. Mm-hmm. That's very real. Um, and just like with Martin, you have um, Maxine versus um, your boy. It was on site. Kyle. Like the same, yeah, yeah Max and Kyle Ooh. on site, like definition of it. Ooh, yes. But all right, so Living Single moves on and they're gonna face Smart Guy. Um, last one of the first round, you have My Brother and Me versus did we say Kenan and Kel or Malcolm and Eddie? Yep, we said Kenan and Kel. Kenan and Kel. Okay, Kenan and Kel. Shout out to my brother and me because it was tried in North Carolina. Hopefully y'all know that. Hey, hey, hey. Fight me. Fight me. Come back with a 12 shirt. What happened? She hit me. She hit me. <laughs> she. she. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're into, I guess, the pseudo second, 10 to the third round. So let's try to go through these quickly. Um... Do we say who won that one? Is it Kenan and Kale? Yeah, it's Kenan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It it for because the strength off of Kenan Thompson and where their careers are, mm-hmm. that's another big factor. Kenan has probably the most longest career out of a lot of these people on this on this whole bracket because he's just now getting his own show after being on the um on um Live for like the longest the longest lasting uh, cast member. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he was the longest lasting cast member, him and Kel, for all that. They were a part of the original cast, season one, through the very end of the original. Yeah, that's real. All right, so let's see. You want me to take so, it from here? Yeah, you can take it from here. All right, so now that we're going into, I guess if you want to call this the, yeah, the Elite Eight, uh, we'll go from top to bottom. Living Single versus the Steve Harvey Show. Living. <laughs> yeah. Again, ah. it goes back to the relatability, the rewatchability, mm-hmm. the cultural impact. It literally hits four for four on this on this yeah. checkbox on this checklist. Like I, I hate I love Steve that. Harvey show. I, I hate to be that, that person, but I, I if you had to sit me down, put a gun to my head and say what show I'm gonna I'll sit down and watch and I know for sure I'm gonna enjoy. I might have to say the Steve Harvey show. I'm not proud of it, but in my mind, it's just, I might enjoy both of them. But I, I'm gonna enjoy Living Single. I just, I, I just, I, I, I just enjoyed that dynamic on that show just a little bit more. And like you said, Steve Harvey and um, Cedric, they some monsters. Like you could tell, like their friendship bled into the comedy, and that comedy made it so genuine. And then you just like, in my mind. I know Living Single seemed like it was fun, but it's also one of those, I have an appreciation of it now. But growing up, if Steve Harvey show was on, I'm watching it. Like, I'm watching um, Steve Harvey go at it with uh, Cedric's wife and all that. It, it was my show, man. And as a teacher, I can empathize being like, oh, these dumbass kids. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be outside with a box. No, he didn't say box. He said shoestring. Shoestring tied to the stick. No, so I will say this before Mr. Smith makes his decision. When it comes to these two shows, there is going to be a gender line. A lot more g- women who were girls back then watched Living Single over Steve Harvey show. That's true. 
Um, I guess now it's my turn to be the tiebreaker. And the Steve Harvey show holds a dear place in my heart because 10 o'clock at night, I knew it came on, on the WB. Uh, and I watched that thing. But Living Single came on at 10.30. And I watched that just as well. And like, like Queen C said, Maxine and Kyle's clapbacks back and forth, I could not. It was literally the epitome of Martin and Pam. And the, thing, the difference was Pam and Martin at certain points would kind of hit the same jokes. Kyle and Maxine would evolve and they would hit some stuff where you're like, oh, why? Did Especially I when they start dating. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, oh you're right. That, 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 that club scene where he was singing to him at all high volume. Yeah. So I got to go live and sing on this one. I love Steve Harbour all my heart. I'll watch that show. I'll probably watch it on Hulu starting new, but I got to go live and single. I'm okay. shocked. I thought you were going to go Steve Harvey. Nah, as much as I want to, I could see myself more in Overton being the go-getter handyman. And then, but with Kyle's clap back, and just the, the, the putting together all the pieces of a great sitcom. Like you said, you have your snarks, you have your comedy, you have your goofy, you have your go-getters, all of that put in one. Great, great content, great content. All right. um, Let me so the next on. one, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus The Parenthood. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince. Yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> we're just gonna move <laughs> on. Parenthood, but. I'm about to say, Parenthood was scrappy, but nah. Fresh Prince is too, is too much of a monster. Yeah, I'm saying, all, all I need to say for Fresh Prince is, mama, no! I oh, my a, daddy don't love me. I need a moment. I'm not ready to talk to you, young man. Um, all right, next. Hold on, real quick, because it just came to my mind. Yo, y'all seen the blooper episode where Carlton, when he's, like, crying, you just see him literally just go, ah! and, like, he's, like, running through every running. set on the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 That in the church scene where Will just Then he ran through the crowd. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> ran right. up the bleachers in the audience. Oh! Yes. I, ridiculous. All right, next up, this one probably will be a wash too. Kenan and Kel versus Martin. Oh. Ooh, okay. I like it. My heart. <laughs> I can go first and give y'all some time. Um, again, I look at it kind of similar to uh, Smart Guy versus Steve Harvey. Keenan and Kel was like my childhood. I grew up watching like, you know, Snick and when they would come on uh, Saturday night and just the way they got in and out of situations were great. Martin? Martin is like top five com best comedy sitcom of all time. And I mean, it's always debatable. It depends on who you are. And as much as I want to go Keenan and Kel, I have to go Martin off the strength of the Hawaii episode where they're fighting that damn rat. That alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would do it, but I would do it based off the strength of the cruise ship episode where they had, what's my girl from Family Reunion? And they had her and Martin back together. Family Reunion. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What is her name? I can't think of her name. Hold on. Well, while you're looking that up, for me, 
it's one of those things like it's a childhood thing again like growing up i knew i had i acknowledged the greatness of martin but as a kid growing up in the 90s you can outside of all that keenan and kill was the funniest thing to me in life especially when they did the tv movie where you had keenan moving away to montana with his dad which i know his dad was intimidating like a motherfucker mm-hmm. but that whole thing and just hearing them talking on the walkie-talkie and then you and you just you feel the heart streets just <laughs> oh i'm gonna miss you man yeah. tears sobbing as a kid Lynn Whitfield is who I was trying to think of because they uh, put them back together after they did a thin line between love and hate. Ah, they was on a cruise right. ship. Man, you want to talk about connecting star power? Mm-hmm. I got to give it to Martin. I love Keenan and Kel though, but I got to give it to Martin. I, it hurts me to say this. The inner child of me hurts, but I, I got to give it to Martin because whew, when um, Gina was ready to fight the school teacher, Oh, he brought out the sneakers and the Vaseline on site. All right, let's get moving. We're almost there, uh, guess I know it's a little bit long, but y'all be all right. You, I'm sure you enjoy it because y'all probably arguing as well about oh no, they're wrong, it's supposed to be this, right? And so, the last one of the Elite Eight is a different world versus Moesha. Mota, Eta, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Um, unpopular opinion. I, I didn't think Moesha was that great. That's not unpopular. I didn't either. Um, I thought the show was great, but the actual character of Moesha was a bitch. Terrible. She was a horrible human being. I about to say, Frank, horrible dad. Worst mm-hmm. that top five worst black Frank dad. had the whole secret love child on the side and tried to say that was their cousin. Then you let Miles get kidnapped and you just end the show and don't ever find him. <laughs> Miles went up the stairs like the other sister on Family Matters. <laughs> <laughs> Miles grew up and had created, uh, created glasses that flipped down. <laughs> I'm done with y'all. All right. So now we are at the final four. This is where it's going to get hard. Bum, bum, bum. The first one, and this is hard. Living Single versus Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to put What's the other one? Let's, let's go back. What's the other one? We, we, we need to come back to that one. We'll <laughs> that on the back burn. The, the other one ain't that much better. Oh, God. Martin versus a different world. Oh. Oh, God. Honestly, okay. for the second one, I can honestly say Martin. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I, I, I hate to say it, but Martin, Martin just because we haven't even brought up the fact that Martin played so many different characters within the he show. He was half the half of the show. He was himself, mm-hmm. his mama, Roscoe, the little snot nosed kid. He was Jerome Rome. He oh. was the security guard. He was the, the karate instructor. Dragonfly Jones. Dragonfly Jones. He was Shanae Nay. I had to say the best for last. Okay. Shanae Nay. Like, I, I, I got to give it to Martin. And honestly, it's, it's, it, it might not even be close. I, I, I know it's sacrilegious. It, 
like a different world is great, but it almost suffered from the same thing that happened with um, Family Matters. By the end of the show, it was so focused on the dynamic of, of Dwayne and Whitley that all the other secondary characters didn't get the same shine that they probably should have. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm agree with you too. It's hard. This is like, this is a final four. Martin hits a buzzer beater for me. But like you said, a different world, very iconic in the fact that it produced and helped encourage people for that next phase of life with its comedy, with its lessons, uh, you know, uh, encouraging HBCUs or just going to college period. Martin, encouraging Halloween costumes. You're uh, right. Yeah, we, we, that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, we, we, we did that though. Yeah, we did. Uh, Martin, like you said, all the characters. Jerome Rome, Romy Rome in the house with that big ass go Yeah, man. For the culture. Oh, Tommy ain't got no job. Yes. For the culture. BDB. Yeah, for the culture, you got to go Martin. So. Oh, Marcus, you know this one. GTD. Get the oh. trash down. <laughs> I know that one. Got it. Right, so what Martin, does GTD stand for? Get the drugs. <laughs> So Martin moves on to the final, to the championship, and now the hard one: Living Single versus Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know, funny enough, I feel like I might surprise you, but this one's a little bit easier than I think about. Okay. I might have to go with Living Single, hmm. and here's why: I feel like if we're talking about rewatchability and longevity, and does it hold up? I feel like even if it's a slight thing, because we're splitting hairs at this point, mm -hmm. I feel like when shows have a love interest or a love dynamic, they make the mistake a lot of times because we know people love seeing relationships that they become and make it such so much of a focus. The also thing that happens with those type of shows too is if you have a character change of a very important person, for me, the distinction is they made the focus the light about skin his love interest. versus the dark skin okay. Thank you. Like his love interest, yeah. they made it a focus as they made Will the focus of the show more to the point where it's like, okay, you got to have this payoff. Like they're supposed to get married, but then they don't end up together. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. And then you look at it, the whole dynamic of Aunt Viv and what she tried to do, dark, and, dark skin Aunt Viv, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. What she tried to do and now away from the show. If I'm going to hold anything against the show, is that the dynamics of having Darcy and Viv there, there's so much more character development that could have happened to Will as a person that didn't happen with Light Skin on Viv because Light Skin on Viv literally just came in and was like a stockholder. Yeah, she had her moments, but it was never the same. I mean, they completely changed Aunt Viv. Dark Skin Aunt Viv was like we were talking about with these other shows she was the go-getter she was if if i'm not mistaken she was a professor yeah like she was a teacher she even taught at will's school when he was in high school right she was classically trained in dance she had so much depth to her and i understand you know things happen people don't get along show must go on but halfway through the lifetime of that show and you just replace her with any old body. Now, don't get me wrong. The actress that played Aunt Viv in the back half of the series, 
she has, you know, historical claims in her own right. However, as much as I love Miss Daphne, that was not the role for her. You went from having this strong, dark skin, ambitious, yet loving, fully realized character that a lot of dark skinned girls could see themselves in. Mm-hmm. And you completely mm-hmm. was just like, fuck her, bring the light skin hoe in, let's give her a baby. And now she's a housewife. Yeah. yeah. I feel some type I of, do. I'm a light skinned woman and I feel some type of way about that. I mean, I'm not going to hold much time on it. Y'all didn't said exactly what I was going to say. I, I love Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because it definitely had your iconic moments. Will's father leaving him and he had that moment with James Avery. Carlton, or Will getting shot and telling Carlton, give me the gun, Carlton. Carlton sunning the fraternity man and saying, you telling me I'm a sellout, but you more of a sellout than I am. Like, those moments will stick in your head. But living single, I could see myself more watching now. And that's pretty much the deciding factor for me. Living single, I can watch more now than Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because I can relate more to it now. The trials- Because we're going through it, yeah. Yeah, the trials and tribulations, what they're going through. Like, um, I think Khadijah, when she had the car accident and they had to get lawyers involved and Maxine was like, I'll be your lawyer. I'm like, even though it's scripted and the friends wouldn't be lawyers, that shit is real. Where it's like, I need to figure out what I'm gonna do and this lady's gonna try to sun me on it or, you know, just the microaggressions that they dealt with. I yeah, I got to give living single this way. It's hard. It's like you said, it's splitting. I'm gonna give it to living single because what I said earlier about it, it is literally the blueprint for a lot of later shows. And honestly, and we can put a button on this. Will Smith's dynamics, some of the jokes hit, but they don't hit as well as living singles, which I'm sure. People gonna have their opinions about it, but um, this our show. We're gonna say what we're gonna say. All right, moving on to the uh, the final final championship game. Living. I figured it would come down to these two. Yep. I did. Living single versus Martin. Damn. I need a minute. Can we call it a tie? Can it be a draw? <laughs> so, there are no draws in championship. Only GTT. Get the draws. That's the only draw you can have. Um, exactly. For me, I have to go Martin. And the only reason I say that is because similar to what uh, Brother X said earlier, when the shows come on, I will watch Martin in a heartbeat. I don't care what episode it is. We named five, six, seven episodes, and we didn't even hit all of them. You could bring up Biggie. You could bring up the Hawaii episode. You could bring up the cruise episode. You could bring up Heavy D. Heavy D, the, the stolen CD player, him going to be a freaking monk. <laughs> you know, like there are so many moments that just you can remember, like, oh yeah, I remember. And you can regurgitate it. That is literally Martin to me is the epitome of black Twitter and black culture. The jokes. The, 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 the mindsets of like, I gotta be hard in front of my boys, but then when I'm in front of Gina, I gotta be, Gina, no, don't leave me, Gina, Gina. The those debauchery. Moments, yeah, those moments, comedy. And living single, I love you. You, are, you have brought in great stuff for me. But Martin is on a whole nother planet of just 
what stuff they set up and and just the things that he went through, which also was some real stuff like him losing his job at the um, radio show and trying to find new work when he was busting that floor at the temp agency. And it said, open my check, what I got, what I got, what I got. You got something, but it ain't what you think it is. Like those moments stick more to me that I can rewatch. I can rewatch time and time again. I could rewatch that damn New Jack City episode 20 times. I'm gonna laugh every fucking time that dog falls over. He goes, stay. And you just see Tommy trying to not Because to that me. was the best episode though. Cause like, you know, you're funny when your actors are breaking character and trying not to laugh. Yeah. And like, how many takes did they have to do before they finally just said, fuck it. Let's just, just edit go. it how it is. Um, I think if I, as I think through it in my mind, like longevity, they, they went for both went for a decent amount of time. We're talking about cultural impact. You still have people, the fashion styles that you see in, in living color, not living color, I'm living single. Sorry. Think another awesome show, but that's another show for another day. <laughs> the fashion that you see there is still seen now. And with Martin, some of the catchphrases, and you said, like you said before, the um, the design of the just the title card is using so much of black culture and in dynamics of like wardrobe and everything. When you talk about iconic moments, there's both of them. Because you look at like for me, I love the episode between um Khadijah and um Reggie Miller's sister about the basketball game mm-hmm. and all those things. But I could go back with Martin, like we said, most all those iconic episodes. I guess for me, this is not even like splitting a hair. This is like splitting an atom. Mm-hmm. I have to give it to Martin because everything that Living Color has done in this tournament. Single. They, huh? You said Living Color. You meant Living Single. Dog, I'm tired. It's been <laughs> We're not talking about the fly girls. Mm, hey, hey, look at God. Yes, sir. Right. <laughs> Roll them. <laughs> But um, Living Single, everything that Living Single did, you had in Martin, but it was a step, it was a step above. Like, it's literally just like, yeah, you got the cool younger brother, but the older brother has all those qualities, but more experience. And the laughs hit a little bit harder the love dynamic between the two main love interests hits a little bit harder. And if I'm trying to split hairs, I got to go with Martin, but I don't do it easily. Yeah, this is not an easy, this is not an easy decision. No, not at all. I'm going to go ahead and solidify it and go with Martin as much as it hurts my heart, but it it really is. They They are evenly matched as far as the criteria of you know impact significance rewatchability but martin takes the edge because that cultural impact from martin has never actually left mm-hmm. when we were all at the cookout a few years ago and the dude literally walked up and had a shirt that said damn gina in the same font as the martin title uh screen Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. lost their minds. Like, oh my God. Yeah. They yeah. have a whole game, a, a card game out now. I would have to look it up to get the title. I don't feel like it right now, but um, it's based um, off the TV show. Yeah. 
I think I played it before. But um, yeah, man, I think I think Martin is there. Now, I think we were all kind of some people may have thought I got to this conclusion before we did the bracket, but I think how we got to this conclusion, it how we got to this result was very interesting. I saw some upsets, some things that didn't necessarily think we we're gonna get there. Um, shout out to Parenthood. I, I thought that was gonna be a watch. But... I thought that was gonna be a watch. I thought Family Matters was gonna have that one, but hey, I'll take, mm-hmm. I'll but take Honestly, I guess and this we'll start to wrap things up. Um, transparent moment is just take some time to really think about these shows that we've talked about for however long this recording has been, how much of an impact. And you notice how we never we didn't even delve into a whole lot of super black aspects of the show or the fact that we just had black representation, but you saw cultural things that had an impact on what we saw from a societal standpoint and all these things and just kind of reflect on what you're consuming and think about what are you consuming now? How is that different from what for us was the nineties, what we consumed then versus now and is there quality or am, what am I consuming feeding into those things that really mean something to me. Because I think part of why we like Martin so much and why we like Living Single and all these other shows because it had substance, or at least for the most part, it had substance. So examine what are those things that you find that have substance that feed into you as a person. So we're going to wind things down. Um, Before I close out, uh, Mr. Smith, Queen C, do you have anything for our guests? I'm gonna wait till you do your final sign off. Just want to pl- play something for you, but I'll let you go ahead. Oh, I got okay. Oh, uh, okay. Queen C. I think we had the same idea. Oh God. Wait, wait. I'm. 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 I'm Are you I'm, doing I'm a theme song? Yes. Oh. oh okay. Yeah, I'm, we I'm, had I'm, the same idea. All right. So, I guess with that, um, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast. I have been. Your host, Brother X. Um, we check us out on all of our social media at the TNT Pod123 on Twitter, the Truth and Transparency Pod on Instagram, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook. Email us with your ideas, thoughts, and comments at truthandtransparencypod123 at gmail.com. And please remember if this podcast gets no bigger than what it is right now, the I'm forever grateful. If the culture scientist was here, she would be forever grateful. Hopefully she'll be back with us next week. Oh, and just give you a little sneak peek. Don't worry. We're coming back with the 2000s next week. So tune in for the 2000s or all the black sitcoms. For the 99 and the 2000s. There you go. All right. With that being said, guys, um, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Mr. Smith, hit it.